over 30 years experience as a midwife and as a clinical midwifery consultant for 15 years and associate lecturer for the past two years. Lyndall has a strong interest in complementary alternative medicine or CAM and her PhD included a feasibility RCT using acupressure to stimulate labour for post-date pregnancy and a national survey of Australian midwives on CAM. Thank you Lyndall. Thank you. Uh, thanks for inviting me and I also would like to acknowledge the uh, traditional landowners on the, um, the land we meet today and acknowledge the um, elders past and present. So today, um, I don't know if you're aware of um, in, in the last month um, regarding um, queries about evidence-based complementary therapies. So today I'm actually going to look at a variety of areas. Just a quick definition and look at some studies. And then I found, came across this analogy, uh, fee, which is false evidence appearing real. Um, and if people say it long enough and loud enough and hard enough, people start to believe in the fee. So I wanna talk about that and briefly, just a little bit um, around some of the findings from the National Survey that I was undertook as part of my PhD. Also, I need to acknowledge um, my supervisors, Marilyn Fahur and John Adams, who were also my supervisors and had supported me in completing my PhD this year. So if you have a look at the definition um, of CAM, and I'm gonna just keep calling it CAM, and I have a problem with, it should be CAT really, um, because it's not about medicine, it's actually therapies, so it includes medicine. Um, so I have a personal problem with that one. So I have to come up with a new acronym. But it's a group of diverse medical and healthcare systems, practices and products that are generally not considered part of conventional Western medicine. And if you have a look at them, it's a wide variety and actually I haven't included there and I actually will include in my future presentation that the cultural indigenous traditional practices are also in there. But it's a changing feast because if you have a look at some of the things that are in this, are now common practice, such as chiropractic, osteopaths, peppermint tea, for example, yeah? So a lot of things that are considered alternative are actually within our current general um, practices. So it'll be interesting to see maybe in 20 or 30 years time how that changes. So research has shown <coughs> that women are, pregnant women specifically, but uh, using uh, CAM as they perceive it gives them more choice, control and autonomy in their healthcare decision making. And it's surprising, not surprising, that in 2014, the National Centre for Complementary and Alternative Medicine changed its name to um, Integrated Health to encourage CAM and Western practitioners to work together. When you have a look at the evidence, um, this is just a small snapshot um, looking at a variety of studies around the world. And Australia, the actual, it varies um, for uh, use of CAM by pregnant women. 
um, from 73% up to down around about 60%. When you have a look at the size of those two studies, they're quite different. One study was a 300 compared to an, the larger study, which was um, eight, over 1,800. So, uh, where it's comparable to other countries, if you have a look at Italy and Germany um, and the and USA, it's again. Um, we're actually higher. When they've actually looked at what are the five top complementary therapies um, used by Australian women, it's vitamins and minerals, herbal uh, remedies, massage, aromatherapy and yoga. And what they did find that midwives, GPs and obstetricians are sources of information about CAM during the pregnancy. Women have identified these health professionals. <clears throat> I'm not going to say any more about that. So when we actually look at midwives and, and how they recommend CAM to pregnant women, again, most of the studies were uh, questionnaires. Most of them were not national, they were only regions uh, or states of each of the countries. Um, and if, don't need to go right through all them, but a lot of the actual, um, you're looking at 60% recommend CAM, 36% um, believe that should be um, used, 78% uh, recommend it, 78% recommend it. So as you go through, it's highly recommended by midwives. Uh, but it was interesting where it said used by midwives. When I've actually gone into the articles, it wasn't actually their personal use. It was the actual use in their practice that a lot of the midwives, so there was actually none of the studies conducted ever asked the midwives, did they use comp cam and which ones did they use? So that was part of my PhD. I actually wanted to find out and did that influence the discussion with pregnant women because that hadn't been published before. So, Professor Al Alistair McLaren from Adelaide, uh, in August, um, was on radio and um, in the paper saying that CAM, just CAM, yeah, like holistically, was that midwives were going back centuries. It was dark arts and hocus pocus and dangerous and unproven therapies and that there was no scientific evidence of safety and efficacy. Um, and he used the term mugworts for mugs, that he heard about this burning of a, a herb on a woman's little toe would turn a baby. How could that possibly work? Now, there's no evidence. Um, and then he also continued on that theme and then was questioning the Australian College of Midwives to endorsing um, workshops that were promoting such rubbish. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'll take you a step back. What happened was, in February this year, as part of my PhD, we published an article on what complementary um, and alternative therapies that midwives discuss and recommend with women when they go overdue. It was the national survey, it was a finding, yeah? So he, the, the actual, he and his colleagues from the science, the Friends of Science in Medicine, or Friends of Fear, um, re wrote a letter of complaint to Women and Birth Journal um, that we were encouraging midwives to poke 
needles into non-existent meridians. Um, at no point in that article did we say that. What we were reporting on was the finding of the survey. And what we recommended was as part of our code of conduct and code of ethics as a midwife and as doctors, that we actually provide women with the evidence, the risks and benefits, and for them so they can make an informed choice. Um, so this was actually before all this publicity. Our article actually um, is uh, currently in press and will be released in December issue. Um, and that's where I was basically the summary of what I've just said is actually in that. Um, and that we actually had said that there's little evidence in some of the complementary CAMs and that further evidence is needed. So he wasn't satisfied with that mug for mugwort. So he then targeted, as I said, the um, Australian standards, Australian College of Midwives, and approached APRA and said that um, ACM needed to be investigated and how dare they support and provide um, CAM um, workshops when the midwives really need to concentrate on their essential skills. So I don't have time to go into it, so I want to debunk that. So yes, there are some CAM options that don't have uh, a, a lot of substantial evidence due to the nature of either attracting funding or conducting randomised controlled trials. And the classic example is raspberry leaf tea or tablet. Um, I know when um, uh, Michelle and Moira tried to do the randomised controlled trial years ago in Westmead on the raspberry leaf tablets, um, they had to go back to ethics about eight times and finally got it approved at sub-therapeutic levels, which of course showed when they actually had the findings, there was little results. However, there's a colleague now um, down in Canberra trying, attempting to do the study again and again having difficulty with the Ethics Committee and has not, decided not to do a randomised controlled trial and is actually going to do a prospective study for the same reason. But as you can see, these are Cochrane reviews. You can't do a Cochrane review on a topic if it doesn't have any randomised controlled trials. So what I'm saying is that... Um, to Professor and the, and the fear factors, that there are evidence to show that there are studies done. They're actually varied, their results, yeah, but none of the studies have shown any harmful effect to the mother and baby. So I'll go on. I've had fun over the last couple of weeks finding all the studies. I had, didn't have all of these before last week. So if we have a look at massage, They've also done systematic reviews, um, even on babies, um, and a Cochrane review. I've picked the eight sort of the top ones that pregnant women use. Aromatherapy, yeah? So we've got double-blind placebo randomised controlled trials, uh, and a lot of these stays from around the world. Um, and the biggest one that probably a lot of people know may or may not know is Burns and Baloney in the UK where they actually um, implemented it with over an eight-year period with 6,500 women in birth suite. <clears throat> I know when we implemented aromatherapy on the Central Coast, uh, my colleague and I, it, we took us uh, two years and six um, meetings with ethics and research committee to get our aromatherapy guideline passed. And what we did was we actually went to the general wards and the different wards and actually got all their air fresheners 
which actually had a variety of about 10 essential oils in them and said, do you realise you're actually already using aromatherapy in the hospital without any guidelines or procedures? <clears throat> so I said, you either have to write a policy or guideline or implement ours, because we were looking at just a birth suite and only one oil. So hypnosis, and I found it really interesting that hypnobirthing and calm birthing, which is sort of a more traditional um, practices and uh, availability, there is very little re research published in this area. I only came across one study looking at hypnobirthing um, and none on calm birthing because it's a particular Australian um, model. But, um, okay, so as I said, we'll keep going. So, again, there is 20, so for so much for no evidence of poking needles into non-existent meridians, there's actually 22 currently, and there's probably more, but randomised controlled trials on use of acupuncture in the perinatal period. Although the findings vary on the effectiveness, none of the studies found acupuncture was unsafe for mothers and babies. Okay, mugwort is not for mugs, it's for breach presentation, if you knew what he was talking about. And there's actually been 10 randomised controlled trials, and most of them showed a good effect if they're used every day, that, that babies will turn. Again, it was showed that moxibustion was not unsafe for mothers and babies compared to ECV and actually had, some of the studies showed a decrease in admissions to special care and um, requiring caesarean section. And when they actually looked at the cost of the difference between uh, $2 for a moxa uh, stick compared to a caesarean section, was, they've done a cost analysis on it. Acupressure, 30 randomised controlled trials. There's also been a meta-analysis conducted in 2016, which is and they were actually found a significant reduction in the first stage of labour, the duration, and increases vaginal birth compared and decreases caesarean section compared to placebo or controlled trials. If it was a pill, every woman, pregnant woman would have it. And 24 randomised controlled trials are on reflexology in the perinatal period. Again, Reflexology was found, not found to be um, unsafe for mothers and babies in any of the studies. So I know you don't have time to look at all those, but um, I have for you um, to show that in the majority of cases, ca there is a lot of evidence out there. And as I said, they're in peer review journals and they're randomised controlled trials, you know, the gold standard that the doctors talk. And I know when I was doing a single blind randomised controlled trial on the use of reflexology for edema in late pregnancy back in 2002, the obstetrician would see me and saying, what are you doing that load of rubbish for, you know? And I, would, and I thought, okay, what does he understand? He understands evidence and research. So that's what I did. I actually talked it back at Tim. I, tr I knew that I was not going to be able to get him to change his belief on what he thought CAM was but I actually spoke what he believed in, which was randomised controlled trials. And after the second time he did that, he never spoke to me again in relation to CAM, because he knew that I actually knew the evidence and he couldn't repute it. 
Okay, so I just want to do a little snapshot then relating to um, what midwives recommend uh, and discuss with pregnant women. And um, I conducted uh, a national survey of the Australian College of Midwives registered midwives members, uh, just over three and a half thousand of them, um, and in two ways, either at a conference and also online um, uh, survey. And should never do research over East, over Christmas. Yeah, no, not a good thing. But anyway, um, and the. The survey had four components. I'm only, as I said, present on the first two. Um, the views and beliefs, um, I'm just about to send the article off for publication. Uh, and the fourth one, I'm still writing. Uh, but we worked out to have a statistical power. We needed at least 375 midwives to actually complete the survey. And we actually had 571. So that was fantastic. Even though that only allowed for 16%, it had sufficient power. And what was great was that it actually had really good representation. It actually had midwives from all around Australia, from every state and territory. Again, the age groups was um, representative of what, um, as per the Australian College of Midwives membership, as well as by APRA and um, the, the Nursing Midwifery Board. So all that data, I was able to show that, yes, this is representative. Um, what was interesting was that the majority of the midwives actually worked in all areas of maternity. So uh, they included group practice, um, special care, but more than half worked in all areas of maternity. <clears throat> so, do midwives discuss CAM and self-help options to women experiencing a post-state pregnancy? 91% do discuss. So that was a huge number. So what do we say, do they recommend? 88% recommend um, a variety of CAM options. Uh, and self-help to, to women experiencing a post-date. So um, only 8% never discussed it, and only four didn't respond to that question. So what were the top five? So these were women who were experiencing a post-date pregnancy. We've got acupuncture, aquapressure, raspberry leaf, we've got massage and hypnosis. So in this study, I actually had 23. Uh, most of the studies, when I looked at them, when they offered the options, some of them only had like four to ten options, which made it very contained, but it wasn't reflective. So that's why I then looked at 23 options. Um, so not surprisingly, the top five, self-help was sexual intercourse, exercise, nipple stimulation, Eating spicy food still came in at 17%. Believe it or not, castor oil still came in at 5.8% of re still recommended castor oil. That blew me away. <clears throat> so what influenced uh, midwives discussing with pregnant women? So may not be surprising was if they personally used it. This has never been, I, I someone asked me, why would you study that? I said, because it's never been published. Yeah? No one's ever asked the question. It was like a dirt question, like, of course they would. And I said, well, how do you know that? So yeah, it was statistically significant. 
that midwives were more likely to discuss CAM and self-help with women if they personally had used CAM, if they were younger, had worked less years as a midwife, and actually provided CAM to women in the perinatal period. What was a little bit different was when they recommended it, not only did they personally use it with younger and less years, but they actually had used it in their own pregnancies. So what do, pregnant, what do midwives use? What CAM options do the midwife use? Not much different. Yeah, massage, acupuncture, aromatherapy, uh, chiropractic or osteopath, and acupressure. And what did they use in their own pregnancies? So they actually, raspberry leaf, despite there's very little studies, so yeah. Massage, aromatherapy, acupuncture, and acupressure. So you can see there's a common theme in there. They're the top five are very similar. So what was really interesting when we've asked them, does their hospital have a guideline or a procedure? 50% didn't know or didn't think they did. So it was a bit concerning. Since APRA um, was developed, before that, each state and territory um, state board of nursing and midwifery had a policy or a guideline or a procedure at a state or, or a territory level on the use of CAM for a practice. However, none of them have now. The only policy or guideline to support nurses and midwives in the use of CAM is the New South Wales Nurses and Midwives Association. And I'll give them a clap. So, in conclusion, yes, the number of studies will vary on uh, randomised controlled trials if that's the gold standard. However, I don't believe randomised controlled trials are the best for CAM because it's a standard, it's so standard that it doesn't take into consideration the person themselves. Yeah? A lot of it's looking at the physical and it's not looking at the emotional or spiritual or cultural aspect of people. And so I believe a lot of the future studies in CAM will be around prospective studies, yeah, looking at mixed methods um, to actually um, get away from the randomised controlled trial and look at the whole person and not just the, the symptom. But the studies so far have shown that there's no adverse events for women and babies and that, of course, more research needed if we can find get, get some money to do it. We don't, because a lot of those products, we're not using any products. So it's hard to get a company or um, funding. There's no pharmaceutical. So what we, we identified definitely with our, our national study that there would be limitations, that, that only midwives who were interested in CAM would actually complete the survey. But we were lucky that actually 48 midwives took the time and effort to complete the survey who actually didn't use or discuss didn't, um, CAM. So that was reassuring. We were able to show that, yes, midwives as women and pregnant women are high users of CAM. Um, and that midwives, the concerning was their knowledge and skill. The, there was a lot of midwives, and I haven't got the data in front of me, um, didn't have the knowledge and skill, but still talked and discussed CAM with, with, um, with women, uh, which has our recommend, well, my recommendation is that 
there needs to be a module included in the undergraduate and postgraduate midwifery curriculum that includes the information, not teaching them to poke needles into non-existent meridians, but to actually look at the complementary therapies that pregnant women use, look at the evidence, look at the benefit and risk, and then be able to provide that information to women so they can make an informed choice. Thank you.